Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the lovely podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and this is episode 25. And I don't know if you can hear the music in the background, but it is some wonderful jazz, and I thought I would start the show by playing some of that music. It's one of my favorites. And the channel that I'm listening to is on YouTube. So I'd like to give a shout out to this lovely channel. It's called Lounge Music. And this particular video is called Winter Jazz. So lounge jazz and bossa nova, music for good moods, study work and chill. I agree. So I just think it's wonderful music. It's just oh, I just love listening to it. So good. So while that is playing in the background, and I hope it pulls on my mic here, my phone that I have, um, I want to give some shout outs here to start. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to Oklahoma, Virginia, Texas, British Columbia, and New York. Love you guys. You're wonderful listeners. Thank you so much for supporting me by listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And I would like to give a shout out to some not necessarily vendors, but uh products or companies that have gotten my attention because either I use their stuff or I just like what they do. So the first one is going to be the people that make suave lotion. I actually got a new type of lotion because the lotion that I normally use was sold out. So I got suave lotion and it's called aloe soothing lotion and it doesn't burn. It's really awesome. It just feels really good on my skin. And right now it's really cold in Oklahoma. Like we just had a really warm day the other day and then the temperature dropped and so Our skin tends to get really dry really quick here because of the temperature change. So just FYI, it's an amazing lotion. So thank you Suave for coming out with that one. And it's not too herby. That's another thing I want to mention. There are some lotions that they claim, well they do have aloe in them, but they also have um other ingredients that don't always agree with me because it's too herby. It has like like a bunch of essential oils in it and those are awesome, you know, individually. But my skin does not like it when they're all combined together. My skin's like, what are you trying to do? It's just too much pampering, I guess. But this lotion has not bothered me at all. It's a great lotion. The other product I wanted to say thank you to is Clinique. I love their makeup, and the particular product that I bought here recently—it's been one of my go-to products. So if there uh, if there are any chickadees listening, this is an awesome product. It is their loose powder. It's 08. Its uh, name is Transparency Neutral. This is a great powder, and here's why I like it. It's not too heavy, but it's not too thin. So when you like you put on your liquid foundation and then you put this powder on and you have a big fluffy brush, you dip it in this powder, you tap off the excess and you just sweep that brush all over your face and it it, it sets your face almost like a canvas for a painting. because that's technically what your face is whether you're male or female whether or not you wear makeup or not your face is the first thing that people see so it is a canvas you know you are your own artwork and everyone is beautiful in their own way their own shape or form and so what i love about this powder is that it it seals your makeup it seals your foundation so it it kind of locks in that look so it looks really good throughout the day it's rare that i have to touch up with it but if i do it's just usually in my t zone But it's a really good powder. It doesn't have a a fragrance to it cuz Clinique typically does not have any fragrance in their product, which is what I like about them. But what I also like is that because it doesn't have fragrance, it also doesn't stink. 
because there's some products that are like hypoallergenic and I can't stand those products that are hypoallergenic because they they smell horrible like they they make them so non-allergy that they just stink and I'm like I don't want that right under my nose I don't want that on my face cuz smells do matter especially to women when we're putting product on our face but this product is really good you know Clinique has really mastered the art of being able to make products that smell really good without having to use fragrance like that like they're really particular about that and they they test their products very thoroughly like for example I knew this one chick years ago um she worked for Clinique a long time she was really good at her job she moved up the ladder so to speak in Clinique and she told me that in Clinique this makeup company that that when they're trying a new product when they're trying to invent something new or they want to test it if it has one if it causes one allergic reaction in their trial study they scrap the product and they redo it they reformulate it i mean if that's not care i don't know what is like they really do care that now i understand why like, i haven't had a single allergic reaction to any of their products that i can think of and that includes their skincare it's really good and it's a really good price point too So the next product I wanted to kind of give a shout out to, it's a new little heater I got because my heater in my apartment, it's central heat and air. Every once in a while it it pushes out cold air and I don't know why, so they need to get that fixed, but so I bought this little heater just to kind of heat up the room and also to help my plants because I I got some plants for the winter and I want to make sure that they don't get too cold if they're sitting by the window and it's called Utilitech U T I L I T E T E C H and it's a heater like a little I guess they call it a space heater but I don't think of it as a space heater like when I think of a space heater I think of those huge metal things that people put in their house and they're not supposed to so this thing is small and it's meant for the inside it's meant for inside your home it's it's not I don't know why people call it a space heater because when I think of a space heater like I said I think of those big heavy metal things that you put propane in This is not like that. It's just a small little electric heater and it it really works. It's awesome. The other place or the other item that I wanted to give a shout out to is actually a store and it's uh, called Ross. It's a uh, dress for less. And I kid you not, I got a really cool pair of slacks there for work and it, they fit awesome. And typically I wear a 34 inseam. So if you're needing longer slacks, I would go to Ross cuz every so often they get more and more slacks that are longer which i love that cuz slacks are hard to find for women especially if you wear anything above a 32 inseam in terms of the length of the pant leg and i kid you not the price started out at 6950 that's what it would have been sold at a previous retailer ross brought the price down to 3475 so $34.75 then it was brought down again and i only paid $9.99 plus tax And then I got a couple tops, work tops from Ross, and they were under $10 or something each, which was awesome and they look really good. So thank you Ross for providing really good deals, really cute clothes. And these are really cute work clothes. Hold on a second. I got some kind of I think I got dirt on my sofa. I'm sitting on my sofa and I had moved my plants and I guess I got dirt on my slacks. I don't like that. Let me scrape that off real quick. Hold on a second. So if you're hearing some noise. Um but anyway, um what I like about Ross is that um I can go there and I can find really cute work clothes 
and they're appropriate, but you know they're conservative, you know conservative tops, but they're not frumpy. I don't know how else to describe it. But I don't like frumpy, boring clothes because I like to be able to spice it up, but in a very appropriate way, like with jewelry, you know, classy jewelry. Because I think you have to dress for your work environment, but you also need to express your own personal style, whether you're male or female. And they do have some nice、uh, gentlemen's clothes there, like some really nice slacks, some really nice button-up shirts. I mean, if, if you're a guy and you're needing some really good work clothes. Whether you work in an office or if it's kind of casual Friday all the time, you know, definitely go to Ross. It's not just for women; like they have really great deals. Oh, and they have really good shoes there too. But anyway,、um, I was able to find some really good clothes、um, for work without breaking the bank, as they say. Because I mean, I'm just like anybody else. I love going to the mall, but I don't like having to spend that kind of money all the time. For work clothes, because I like to invest. I mean, I like to invest in myself, and I know it's important to look your best and things like that. But I remember back in the day when you know it was kind of required for women to wear suits to work, you know, like skirt suits or pant suits, and they were just so expensive. So if anything, I'm very grateful that work environments these days, you know, unless you work for Wall Street, you know, of course you're going to be wearing a suit there, but you know. More and more work environments are more casual, not too casual, but you know, it's you. You don't have to wear a suit all the time, so then I don't have to wear pantyhose because I hated wearing pantyhose. They just, oh, it just rubbed my skin wrong, and it made me hot. And usually I'm not hot. Usually I'm freezing cold, but、um, I just don't like wearing pantyhose anyway. But、um, side note, don't like wearing those. But you know, if you need a really good wardrobe, go to Ross. I guarantee you, you will definitely be impressed. Kind of, I look at this way: go to Ross and dress to impress. I think it's a great thing to do. But let me go ahead and pause the music. So let me pause this puppy. There we go. And then I'm going to click back over to this recording, so we can continue. All right. So today, I thought it would be good to take a look at the、um, USPS. Since we talked about their labor union the other day, and this is going to be a fairly short podcast because I'm going to do this in segments because I'm, I'm doing this at night right now、um, when I get home from work and I'm actually cooking dinner. So I'm cooking a baked potato. Actually, let me check on it first before I start this. So I will be right back. Okay, I am back. So my baked potato was beyond done. And just FYI, if you want to know how to really cook a baked potato quicker than usual, is to set your oven to 425 and cut your potato. I use russet potatoes because I don't really like the others except for the, the small red potatoes. But those are more.、Um, I like to steam those、um, on the on the stove, and then put those in like a goat cheese salad or something like that. But in terms of like a baked potato, I always use russet potatoes. And so I preheat the oven to 425, and then I slice my my potato right down the middle. So you have two halves, and then go ahead and put that、um, in your oven. And it only takes about 45, maybe anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to cook, as opposed to an hour or an hour and a half. Because I I realized that you know when you're cooking a baked potato and and you haven't cut it in half, it takes way longer for that to cook. So I thought you know I'm the one eating it. I'm not really concerned about presentation per se, but even if you are having to cook for people and you don't want to spend as much time, go ahead and cut it in half and cook it from like 30 to 45 minutes, depending on your oven. 
at 425. And then when you take it out, you can go ahead and garnish it. So you can kind of like put them in like a in like a the shape of a fan on a large platter or plate. You know, you can do the halves of the potatoes with that. So it looks really cool and then you can garnish it and all that kind of stuff. But that that's what I do and it it really saves time. And it saves money as well because then you're not running your oven as long. And this oven, it's uh it's not my favorite oven, but you know, just makes me want to invest in something else. But anyway, um this is not going to be a super long podcast. Um so I'm just going to do little segments at a time, like each section of a time because uh this particular article is long. And I had initially tried to do this entire article in one podcast and it was just so long and it was going to take a long time to edit, so I thought, well, since i don't really have as much time to do a full blown uh, segment of this i'm just going to do like 10 to 15 minutes and and discuss it so let's go ahead and get started on this this is the usps so it is the united states postal service and just to kind of go over um an overview it was uh formed uh, july 1st 1971 in washington dc it is headquartered in washington dc It has a little over 633,000 career personnel and it has a little over 136,000 non-career personnel as of 2019. And then this is very interesting. It says their revenue for 2020 was a little over 73 billion dollars. However, their net income was negative um, 9.1 billion dollars. So what that means is is that their operating expenses cost way more than what they're bringing in so they're overspending more than likely it's on the cushy benefits that they provide their employees because it's not sustainable it has not been sustainable for a long time unfortunately that's just how it is um that's just that's kind of a harsh reality but you know it's the truth because we we have seen the inadequacy of USPS for a long time it's been a problem child for way longer than than uh since before 1971 I would say. Um so let's go ahead and just look at some facts here. And it says the United States Postal Service, USPS, also known as the Post Office, US Mail or Postal Service, is an independent agency a sorry, an independent agency of the executive branch of the United States federal government responsible for providing postal service in the United States, including its um insular i'm not sure what that word means areas and associated states it is one of the few government agencies explicitly authorized by the united states constitution the usps as of 2021 has 516,636 career employees and 136,531 non-career employees the usps traces its roots to 1775 during the second continental congress when Benjamin Franklin was appointed the first postmaster general he also served a similar position for the colonies of the kingdom of great britain the post office department was created in 1792 with the passage of the postal service act it was elevated to a cabinet level department in 1872 i'm not sure if that was the wisest thing to do and was transformed by the Postal Reorganization Act of 1970. That's why they had a new founding or formed uh, of July 1st, 1971. It says here um it was transformed by the Postal Reorganization Act of 1970 into the United States Postal Service as an independent agency. 
Now, what I want to make a point here with that is that even though it says it's an independent agency, it's really not. Because when you say independent, to me that says you're not getting any help from the federal government and you are independent. They are a branch off of a branch within the federal government. So that's probably why they're not being managed or run very, very well and they're not being run correctly. That's why they have so many problems because the government, the federal government, it doesn't even know how to run the DMV. Um, it doesn't know how to run or manage Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, Disability, or the VA. So we, we've seen a lot of problems with the federal government in terms of how it runs things, and it's typically because of bureaucracies. And that's what Trump was talking about when he wanted to drain the swamp. He wanted to make America better. And he knew the only way that he could try and make America better was to drain the swamp and you know put the power back in the hands of the people, not these bureaucrats that just have made a nest in Washington, D.C. It goes on to say, since the early 1980s, many direct tax subsidies to the USPS with the exception of subsidies for costs associated with disabled and overseas voters, has been reduced or eliminated. The USPS has a monopoly on letter delivery within the United States and operates under a universal service obligation, also known as USO, both of which are defined across a board set of legal mandates, which obligate it to provide uniform price and quality across the, the entirety of its service area, The post office has executive access, oh, sorry, not executive access, exclusive access, sorry, my eyes are tired. The post office has exclusive access to letterboxes marked U.S. mail and personal letterboxes in the United States, but has no, but has to compete against private package delivery services such as United Parcel Service, also known as UPS, FedEx, and Amazon. So here's the thing. Um... Unfortunately, USPS has a monopoly in several areas. It's not just the letter delivery within the United States. But see, here's the thing. Even though they have a monopoly, it's still not run well. They are still constantly in the red. They are overinflated in terms of their benefits, their health insurance, their pension plans, their pension schemes for their retired and it has caused a problem for a long time. So this is nothing new. So when Trump was trying to privatize USPS, it was to help them. There are some people that they're so anti-free market, they're so anti-democracy, or they're, they're so anti-privatization, they're anti-capitalism, that they don't realize that, you know, it really is the way to go to, to, really, to really manage things in a privatized manner because you will have more competition Your product will be better, your services will be better, and in the short run and the long run, you will be making more money. Unfortunately, monopolies squash competitions, and it's not just within USPS. We have seen competitions within the bank, or not competitions, monopolies within the banking industry, within stock markets, um, I think within the mining industry, I'm trying to think. other entities off the top of my head. But my point is this. Monopolies don't benefit anyone except the people in charge. That's why monopolies are illegal in the United States. They're supposed to be. So unfortunately, when you have a federal agency that kind of gets to do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, which is a good example of USPS, they have been allowed to have a monopoly, even though it is illegal. 
But the way that they have gotten away with having a monopoly is because they are a federal agency. It's the same thing with the VA. It's the same thing with Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid. I mean, all these other anything to do on a anything to do on a federal level is going to be a problem in terms of the government trying to run something because it doesn't know how to run anything. It's the citizens and who we elect that know how to run stuff. But when you put people in charge of things like this, when you have bureaucracies or when you have czars, for example, you know that is just way too much power within a few people because the power is with the people. It always has been, always will be. But I will go ahead and end this podcast because we're we're a little over twenty minutes, and plus I would like to eat my lovely baked potato. But this is a really long segment. Uh, in terms or a really long topic but it's a good one. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about USPS and it will start to make more sense about why they think the way they do, why they handle things the way they do and what can be done to help things be better. Because we do need post offices. I just think they need to be run and managed way better so that they actually provide they actually have a profit so that way they can actually balance their budget. balance their budget, make good money, be able to provide healthcare benefits for their workers without breaking the bank and without expecting the taxpayer to give them loans all the time, which we will see later in time as we go through this. So this is uh, it for this for this particular podcast and this is the end of part 1 of USPS. Um so as usual, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Speak